You're listening to the 414 Creative Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Curtis. And on the show, we do a deep dive with entrepreneurs on all things business, faith, and how to build a lasting legacy. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Guys, welcome to the 414 Creative Legacy Podcast. I'm so excited to have, um, I think I'm excited for every podcast, but I'm really excited about this one. Uh, my good friend, Adam Maccabee, is on this episode with me. He is the co-founder and chief operating officer of an amazing tech startup in uh, North Texas. And I'm so so excited to have you on uh, this episode, Adam. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure anytime I get to spend time with you. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, for, for the <laughs> listeners that don't know, uh, Adam and I have been friends for a little over two years and uh, we work together in, in, the, in the tech startup that we're going to talk about today. And yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited to sit down and just really <clears throat> dive into this. I already know everything that I'm probably going to ask him, <laughs> uh, but I wanted to present it to you guys so you can get um, get a look into what it takes to really start something from just an idea from the ground, pull a bunch of people together and just like rocket it to the moon and overcome so much and do so much in the industry so adam thank you again for being here i'm really excited to uh, let everybody know what's going on and all that good stuff we should probably put a disclaimer on this because i'm not a professional at it i'm flying a plane and building it at the same time (laughs) (laughs) yes i think we all do that i don't think anybody is um is a professional at the thing that they're they're trying to build and that's the great thing about your story and how it got started. And I really, I really am hoping that our listeners really get inspired from from your story because you that's what you did. You you had an idea and you just took off with wheels. Really, that's all you had, yeah. and then you just built it as you went up. So tell us real quick, uh, what is Stadium Drop? Uh, we'll dive into the story here in a little bit, but what is Stadium Drop and what does it do in uh, in the sports industry? It's a great question. Glad you asked. Mm-hmm. Uh, this morning, my journal time, I actually wrote it down. Stadium Drop is the global premier in-seat delivery company. Um, when I say global, that's just speaking life and speaking vision into where we're going. But <clears throat> Stadium Drop is the in-seat provider of food and beverage items for sports and entertainment venues. So uh, when you go to... Uh, football game, baseball game, uh, concerts, you can download our app and you can place your food and beverage order from your seat. And then our company will uh, fulfill your order and our runners will bring it to you in your seat. So you never miss a moment. Wow. That's, that's the short and skippy to it. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> likes to stand in line and miss the game oh. that they paid money to go see. Absolutely. Especially nowadays when ticket prices are, you know, $150, $200 per ticket to get a decent seat. Um, you don't spend that kind of money to go wait in line and watch it on the TV screen. That's for sure. What is the longest time that you spent in line at a at a football, basketball, baseball game? The one and only time I went and stood in line at Kyle Field for a Texas A&M football game. Um, I was in line for right about an hour. And this was pre-COVID, of course. Uh, it was – yeah. 2016, I think, 2015, 2016. I went to go watch uh, AM at a game. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's now a good friend of mine. Trevor Knight was yeah. uh, the quarterback that, at that game. 
and I, I missed 45 minutes of the game. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I'd like to know um, if there's, if you, if you have ever spent an insane amount of time standing in line, I'd like to know what your longest time is. So if you have a, a you know, if you comment on my post or, you know, in the, you know, in a review, leave a review, <clears throat> by the way, uh, let us know how long you've stayed in line. Um, I know yeah. I don't go to a lot of sporting events. I just actually went to a sporting event. Uh, our hometown basketball team, the, the high school guys, went to a playoff game in Lufkin, and I went to that. And I w- I've never been to a basketball <clears throat> game. And I will tell you, I get it. It's high energy. It was the moment the boys hit the court, that place never yep. was quiet. No. Nope. And they're actually going to state tomorrow. So uh, nice. they won they won that game and they're going to state. So uh, I went and got some popcorn and a water for my daughter because she came with me. And the line was uh, one person deep. It was a very small venue. And I actually thought, I was like, well, stadium drop really doesn't need to be here. They're doing good. No, not, it was not a high school event. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was a packed event too. Like the the whole stadium was full, and, and they had one concession stand. And and I, you know, I was of course, you know, uh, eyeing everything and trying to figure out if the stadium drop would work here. But they don't really need us. So tell us a little bit about tell us the story of how this idea came about. Yeah, that's a great question, and I kind of piggyback off what you just said a minute ago, like not only telling us how much time you spent waiting in line, I want to know more importantly, not only how much time, but what action you missed. Did you miss a touchdown? Did you miss a home run? Did you miss a no hitter? Like what did you miss from waiting in a line? Cause for me, that's the whole point of the story. My wife and I kind of goes back to my mom and dad growing up. They would use sports and baseball. My brother and I, huge baseball fans. And growing up, my mom and dad would take us to Rangers games. They'd take us to Chicago Cubs games. Uh, we'd go to Colorado Rockies games. We would go wow. uh, various baseball events, uh, football events. My dad took me to the Cotton Bowl in 93 with Notre Dame versus Texas A&M. Wow. Uh, and they always used events to create memories that later on, you know, several years later, um, we'd sit down around the kitchen table and we'd talk about those memories and those moments. Yeah. And for me, my wife and I kept that tradition going. Part of our bucket list is to go and see all the major league ballparks. For me, I've been to just about all of them. Uh, Kristen's been to about half of them at this point. And my oldest son uh, got invited to a quarterback camp at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, a few years back. And so two of the stadiums that we hadn't visited were kind of along the way. So we decided to turn it into a family vacation, uh, again, to create moments and memories with our kids, yeah. not just chasing Levi around these camps, but being able to engage Aiden and, and Kristen as well. And so we went to Cleveland Indians um, and the St. Louis Cardinals back-to-back nights. <clears throat> and in Cleveland, uh, it was a crazy night. It, Later half of the innings, we ended up leaving because a storm rolled through and canceled the game. It was like eight inning. It just became a downpour. And I remember rushing, running to the hotel. We get back to the hotel. We're just drenched. (laughs) Uh, But prior to all that, the kids got hungry, wanted some cotton candy and some food and whatnot. So being the dad, I get up and go uh, wait in the concession line. 
a while I'm gone, a three run home run gets hit and I get back to the seat and the kids are talking about it and high fiving and clapping. And Kristen just looks at me and she rolls her eyes. I knew exactly what she meant. She's like, dude, you missed it. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> and the very next night we're in St. Louis, um, doing a tour before the stadium opens up for the fans. Uh, St. Louis is a great ballpark and they have a lot of different types of food all throughout the stadium. As we're doing the tour, incredible barbecues being cooked behind home plate. And I get, <laughs> I'm like smelling it and it's, yeah. it's really, really good. And I wanted it, but our seats are in the outfield. So by the time kids get hungry, it's bottom of the fifth inning. I don't want to walk all the way around to home plate yeah. to go get what I wanted. So I settled for the concession food that was right there by me. Right. So while I'm waiting in line, this is a pitcher's duel. So for those of you that don't really know baseball, uh, it's zero to zero runners on first runners on third. Um, they try a squeeze bunt and they're trying to do a double steal and they actually executed it flawlessly. It freaked the catcher out. Uh, catcher realizes that he's not going to get the run out at home. So he overthrows the runner at second base Mm. Ball goes in the outfield and the runner scores from first base because there's actually two errors, two overthrows on the play. Wow. They overthrow uh, second base and then they overthrow third and the runner scores all the way from first. Two runs score wow. uh, on a, on an attempted squeeze bunt. And um, I'm sitting there waiting in line again. Mm. This time I'm watching it all unfold on a busted 32-inch screen TV. And... <laughs> I hear the crowd just going crazy in the background and I, I get back to my seat and Oh, by the way, while I'm gone, the outfielder turns around and throws the baseball up to where we were sitting. And had I been sitting there, I would have caught the baseball, but instead the dude behind <laughs> me got it. Uh, so when I get back to my seat, Kristen looks at me and she goes, what took you so long? One again, long lines Two, you missed it. You could have caught the ball. You missed the only two runs of the game at this point. She's like, you have horrible luck. And because again, remember the night before I missed the three run home run. Yeah. And this night I missed this amazing play that happens very rarely in baseball. Well, that's the only two runs that scored that game uh, and I missed it. And so my wife looks at me and she goes with DoorDash and Uber and Grubhub and all these, uh, you know, Postmates, whatever. There's a lot of places where you can download apps and have your food delivered to you. She's like, why can't you download an app and have your stadium food delivered to you? And I just remember looking at her going, that is a brilliant idea. She didn't think anything of it. Me, I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. I like to yeah. think and all that good stuff. So my mind wouldn't shut up about it. The whole way home from St. Louis, <laughs> nine hour drive. I'm sitting there thinking about this entire thing. So we get home. I start doing some research, start looking around. And obviously we all know the power of the internet. Once you start searching for something, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn, everything starts showing you what you start searching for. Right. Yeah. So I don't really find anything. Uh, you know, there's some companies out there that have tried it, stopped doing it. Uh, there's companies out there that tried it and decided they didn't want to do it. So they got into the POS game, which is point of sale. Mm -hmm. So they started creating registers uh, for, uh, sport, uh, venues, concert venues, stuff like that. But nobody was really doing it the way that Chris and I do it. And what I mean by that is we've always been a 
a side hustle kind of family. Uh, what I mean by that is we've got four kids and we all know it's not cheap raising kids Yeah, and you're nine to five. I've always had mentors that told me if, if all you're doing is working nine to five, you're not doing anything to build your own personal wealth. You're only building the wealth of someone else. So wow. I've always um, had my after nine to five, my five to 10 is what I called it. Um, and I would sell roofs. I would do DoorDash. I would Uber. I would Lyft. Um, I've sold insurance. I've sold vitamins. Um, I've built teams and network marketing. I've done all kinds of different side gigs, right? But nobody in the industry was doing a gig economy in seat delivery. And so I got to thinking, man, we should do this. So I called my buddy, Chad Haley, very first phone call I've made. And he looked at me and he goes, dude, that's brilliant. I yeah. need to introduce you to somebody. And you were the second phone call. Oh, I was the second. Uh, so I always Chad, thought I was like fourth. Second. No, you were the that second. That makes me, me so, feel so much better. <laughs> <laughs> so Chad and I, let me, let me backtrack. So me and Chad start like, keep in mind, I've had a graphic design business as well. Um, I've printed t-shirts. I've done yeah. directed garment t-shirt printing. Uh, and we did very, very well with graphic design and, and t-shirt printing and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I thought I could do this, right? But Chad thought he could do the same thing because we, we have very similar aligned talents when it comes yeah. to Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop, and all that kind of stuff. So me and him spend about two weeks and we're just banging our head against the wall like, <laughs> good God, this is harder than we thought. So Chad's like, hey, hold on. I got a buddy. He does this stuff for for like big time people. He's a photographer, but he's he's a brander. He's a good dude. He can he can figure this out. So you, my friend, were the second phone call we ever had. That's awesome. And I'll never forget the three uh, the three mod modules or the three mockups that you guys came back with. Yeah. Uh, the the raccoon or the the squirrel. It was a chipmunk. <laughs> chipmunk. Chipmunk. His name That's was, what it his is. His name was Dash. <laughs> dash that's right yeah that's right dash the chipmunk so anyway that's that's the story yeah. um of stadium drop how it got to be and where where the origins were yeah and listen to this day people say they do in seat delivery but really what they're doing is mobile ordering and obviously mobile ordering has been around since the mid 2000s yeah um it's been around for a long time Everybody's tried to figure out how to get it from the concessions to the seats, <clears throat> but they always revert back to mobile ordering, which as a fan, you still have to get up out of your seat and go wait in some kind of a line. Yeah. Some lines are expressed where you think you don't have to wait very long and you may not have to wait very long, but still, anytime you get up out of your seat and go somewhere else to get your food, there's a chance you're going to miss something. Mm -hmm. So as we move forward, this is just between me and you and everybody else on this podcast. <laughs> our, our whole, our whole marketing needs to be around this. It's not mobile ordering. Yes, it's mobile ordering, but mobile ordering and in-seat delivery are not the same. Yeah. And, and that's make no we, mistake about that's it. That's why we say in-seat delivery. Yeah. Uh, mobile ordering has never been in our verbiage at all. You know, it's nope. in -seat delivery. No. And I, yeah, mobile ordering is not, not the way to go. You got to yeah. do in-seat. For sure. How did you know that this was a good, a God idea? And because I, I know it's a God idea from, yeah. from my experience of first hearing about it. 
and I know how I knew it was a God idea, but how did you know that it was a God idea and that it was time to move forward? So anytime you get an idea that is bigger than you um, and it seems impossible, that's how you know it's a God idea. So after I was thinking about what was going on, I knew I was going to have to develop an app. I'm not an app developer. My background is in cellular sales and fiber optic sales, working with infrastructure and mobile networks with companies and stuff like that. So I don't have any coding background. So I was going to church at the time in Louisville, uh, Texas, and the two guys that were on staff, I went to them, told them what was going on. They both looked at me and they were like, dude, this is a brilliant idea. And then their brilliant idea conversation turned very quickly to laughter because they were like, there's a reason why this hasn't been done. You're walking down a money pit and it's going to cost millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars to build this out. Yeah. And, and the time, and we don't have the finances or the, the depth of resources that it's going to take to get this done. So the third phone call I made was to the guy that works as our chief development officer right now, uh, John Mosesman, amazing dude. Yeah. Um, I went to Kristen and I told her, you know, what, what our other two guys had told us. And she said, well, the only other developer I know is the guy that developed our app when we lived in Lawton, Oklahoma. And I was like, you talking about John Mosesman? And she was like, yeah, he developed the church's app. Right. And I was like, yeah. Um, but I haven't talked to him in like six or seven years. And so she's like, well, call his mom or figure out somebody's got his number. <laughs> yeah. So I actually still had his phone number in my phone. So I texted him and was like, Hey, is this John Mosesman? And he texts back and goes, yeah, who is this? <laughs> and I said, this is Adam McAbee. I don't know if you remember me or not, but we, you know, knew each other in Lawton, Oklahoma. Uh, I was on the worship team up there with your mom and your brothers. Um, he was like, Oh yeah, I know who you are. And I remember you. And so we connected and he was, he was like, yeah, I actually know exactly what you need to do. And I've got the, the note, I've got the ability to do it. We can do this. And he gave me a laundry list of things to do. He's like, go get this done and then come back to me. Yeah. And so I knew at that point it was a God idea. And then what he didn't realize about me is when you give me something to do and I've got something to go get done and God tells me to do it, I'm going to go do it. Yeah. So at that point, I very, very clearly heard move. And so mm. we just moved and started going through this laundry list of stuff. And about a week and a half later, called John. I'm like, hey, here you go. And I gave him everything that he asked me to get done. I had gotten it done. And he looked at me and he goes, you're the first person in years that has actually taken your idea and taking what I've told you to do and gone and got it done. And not only did you get it done, but you got it done in a week and a half. He's like, wow, we can do this. Let's go to work. And then we had our first executive meeting a couple of weeks after that in November of 2019, pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. pre, pre -COVID, <clears throat> we filed our LLC January of 2020. And then the world shut down. <laughs> <laughs> in a, in a, just a few short months after that. Um, yep. Yeah. What do you think, um, what do you think that's in, that's been instilled inside of you that has just really given you the tenacity to go after this and to not give up? 
regardless of like what's come, like pushing through a pandemic, the world shutting down, like what is it that's inside of you that you're just like, I'm not going to stop? You would ask me a question that's about to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My dad. Yeah. I lost my dad in October of last year. And um, he's the hardest working man I know. Um, For all of his faults and for all of, you know, the love that he gave me and my brother and my mom, my dad was the hardest worker. Um, And he instilled in me and my brother the work ethic and yeah nobody works harder than than a maccabee <laughs> <laughs> um he he exam he exemplified work ethic you, you will look up the word work ethic in the dictionary and you're gonna find my dad's picture right next to it yeah so aside from work ethic what do you think the greatest lesson that you learned from your dad was treat others better than you would treat anybody else than yourself. Wow. <laughs> Leave things better than you found it. Yeah. Um, and those are principles I try to, I also coach youth sports and football. And mm-hmm. those are, those are things that I try to teach my kids, um, whether they're in my home or outside my, my other home, my football home. Um, I always leave places better than you found it. Uh, even That's when you're good. on site. Um, we were at a seven on seven football tournament this last weekend and these teams were just throwing their stuff all around. They were leaving socks and shoes and cleats and backpacks and helmets and whatever, just all over the place, except for our team, our team, we had everything, put it back in our bag and our bags were put in a line straight and it looked crisp. It looked clean. Yeah. Um, and those are just some of the small life can be defined in small details. And it's the little things that matter. Little things cause big things to happen. And that's what my dad taught me. Do you feel like that that's um, rooted in integrity? Oh, 100%. Character, yeah. integrity. Um, yeah, 100%. And is that something that you've passed down to your kids? I've tried. tried. <laughs> I was about to say, try. Best I can, yeah. It'll, I can. it'll stick. You may not see the fruit of it right now, but it'll eventually stick and it'll yep. come out, you know, for sure. Yep. What, tell me, tell us a little bit about the importance of having family buy-in. Um, I know that your family's pretty much bought into this idea as, as crazy as it is and started from the ground. And like yep. you said, not knowing, not knowing anything, really just having an idea and a work ethic. Uh, how important has it been to you to have your, your family bought in uh, 100%? uh big time yeah um and it's it means everything um in august of this year i went full-time with stadium drop and that's when i knew that Kristen and the kids were 100 percent bought in um when when you leave a a very high multiple six-figure job uh to come full-time for your company that you're not even making six figures <laughs> uh, it's yeah. uh it, it's it's a big deal when you take that big of a pay cut and yeah you know you gotta you gotta do what you feel like god's calling you to do but we've never missed anything never missed a house payment never missed a car payment never missed um never missed a bill um food's always been on the table so god's really blessed it and um i knew from i knew from day one that Kristen and the kids were on board 
Um, but I knew August 2nd when I put my two weeks in at my day job, I knew then that they were playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all or nothing now. <laughs> yeah. I think for Levi and Aiden, you know, my girls, they're old enough to where they're about to be out of the house and on their own and in college and, you know, 20 year old uh, daughters, yeah. you know, they're looking at something different as far as life goes. But my boys that are 13 and 12, they still love sports. They love being around the atmosphere. So um, I think, I think they look at it as a way to uh, get to see some pretty cool events. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine being that young and, you know, getting to see the behind the scenes work of not only building a startup from the ground, but how major um, venues and major organizations operate. I mean, cause they get to see behind closed doors basically yeah. when it comes to stuff like this. So that's, I think that's pretty cool that they get yeah. to see a business being birthed in and developed and also seeing something that they love sports wise and seeing behind the scenes of that as well. Yeah. They definitely get to see the good, the bad and the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How has your faith played a role in taking the risk and, and just going down this path of basically pioneering and tracing a, like blazing a trail for sure. How has your faith played uh, a role in that? I wouldn't be where I'm at without faith. Yeah. Um, Bible talks very clearly faith without works is dead. Uh, if you've got the work ethic, but you don't have faith, you're going to spin your wheels. You're going to be stressed. You're going to ultimately burn yourself out, but faith with works um, and faith with action is, is everything because at that point, you know who you are and whose you are. Yeah. And, and when you're operating in that level, yeah, I mean, yes, there's going to be stress and there's going to be, you know, questions and, you know, are you doing things the right way? But at the end of the day, you can rest your head on your pillow at night, knowing again, who you are and whose you are and who you serve. That's good. That's awesome. What has been one of the biggest obstacles that you've had to overcome building this business? Uh, investments and funding. <laughs> um, have, have you overcome that yet? <laughs> no, <laughs> we are still. Uh, so that's, that's the biggest, and that's the biggest, um, that's the biggest obstacle that you're facing. <laughs> yes. And have been facing from day one. Yeah. Uh, most yeah. people don't know this. And I feel like when this is all said and done and we've, you know, had a merger and acquisition or this thing sold or who knows, maybe before then, I feel like I should write a book about this yes. whole thing. Yeah. Because I, uh, you know, because I had such, I was blessed enough to have such a good high paying job. There was a lot of sacrifices that we made. Don't get me wrong. Uh, with, with our job. We never missed house payment. We never missed car payment, but I did have to sacrifice some things uh, here and there yeah. with my, my credit. And for example, uh, and what, what needed to be paid and we funded stadium drop out of our own pocket for the first year and a half. Um, we had another family that, that chipped in uh, midway through one and a half, as far as the kind of money that we were putting in, they were putting, about as much if not more at that point yeah um so between the two of us uh we we pretty much bootstrapped this whole entire thing uh from day one um and i think at this point we're north of 
$200,000 of our own money in this thing. Wow. And then it's, you know, it's just an ongoing, uh, not really beat down, but it's an ongoing daily, uh, who do you, who would I, who do I know? Who do my friends know <laughs> yeah. chasing, chasing that, uh, that investment? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, um, those phone calls, you know, the, the team that you built, I mean, of course I know all of them, but how did you know, like making those phone calls, how did you choose those people? And how did you know that those were the right people to bring on board to build this, to build this business? So our wives are very similar to the Holy spirit. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, I leaned on Kristen, um, the third phone call that I made was to our now chief financial officer, Pearson, uh, Gary Pearson, uh, him and our families have been doing life together since we moved to the Braswell zone, 380 area in Denton, uh, second grade through recently. Uh, we just moved out to the other side of the Metroplex. Yeah. Um, but for the last six years, um, our boys have been playing youth sports together, been coaching together, been doing life together. Uh, so he was the third call I made. Um, fourth call I made uh, was to another friend of mine in the area, Rick Thompson. Um, I was also the chaplain for the football team at Braswell. So I got to know the Thompsons through uh, the varsity football program. His son was the varsity starter for the first three years at Braswell was a football program, uh, got a preferred walk-on offer to the University of North Texas, um, and then eventually transferred uh, to Jackson State and is now one of Deion Sanders' quarterbacks at Jackson State University wow. out in Mississippi. And so um, he was the fourth call I made. And then from there, um, Kristen and I started talking, and she was like, what about Ricky Herbert? And I was like, what, Ricky? I don't know if he'll be involved. I don't know if he'll like do all this, you know. So she was like, just call him, see what he thinks. So I called him and he looked at me, or we were on the phone, so he didn't look at me, but he was yeah. like, dude, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, where, 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 what do I need to do? <laughs> yes, I'm in. He's like, I'll give it two years. Uh, as we were taught in our previous network marketing company, give it two years. Everything you got, you know, yeah. Hardcore go, go, go 90 to nothing for two years and see where you're at. Look up, see where you're at. So he's like, I'll give you two years. I was like, all right, let's do it. And so, um, we called another friend of ours, wasn't for him. He chose not to do it. Um, and then our fifth phone call, uh, was several months later, uh, to Trey Pote, uh, who's out in Arkansas, uh, we did life together at church and uh, love me some Trey Poteet. So and that's kind of where we, where we're at. That's awesome. How, like, so first off, like, I'm so grateful to be part of the team, you know, that, and, yep. um, you know, I'm kind of the odd, odd duck out because I'm not a sports guy and everybody else <laughs> is. And so um, what is, been the biggest lesson that you've learned dealing with other people other temperaments other leadership styles what has been that one thing that you've been like man i'm so glad i've learned this lesson and how are you implementing that into building out the culture of stadium drop 
Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I think for me, um, the greatest lesson I've learned is not everybody's as dominant of a personality as I am. And not everybody is going to run as fast as I run. Yeah. And so being able to navigate that and being able to, I mean, you and I've had some pretty hard conversations. Yeah, we have. Uh, and, and in the past, um, you know, I would have just blown up and been like, ah, <laughs> screw that, you know, whatever, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Uh-huh. And just gone off and done my own thing. But um, as a leader, I've been around some pretty incredible mentors that have poured into me um, that have basically shaped me into the leader and the, the man I am today and understanding that not everybody's going to run as fast as you. Not everybody's going to see things like you. Um, and that's okay. You need those people around you. Um, and just because there's differences in agreements or there's differences in opinions, um, it's okay to be vocal and, you know, air things out, but yeah. don't ever leave a conversation. I think one of the conversations you and I had, you were like, I just don't want to talk about it right now. Like, just let me, let me think about it. Let me come back. I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not going to finish this conversation <laughs> until, until we figure this out until yeah. we're, you know, good. And I don't know if you appreciated that or not, but I did because at the end of the day, uh, we're brothers and we yeah. love each other and you don't ever, if you're going to be in business, if you're going to be in relationships, period, you don't let the sun go down on your anger. And yeah, while that Bible verse may mean that, and it is not really anger. Don't let the sun go down on frustration of co- in conversations. Right. Like, and that sun, the, the, the terminology in that piece of scripture, the sun is, can be figurative, but it, it can also be literal. Yeah. Like you definitely don't want to go to sleep having conflict or frustration with someone because then it just, the negativity just continues to pile and pile and pile. Right. And we all know that negativity uh, is the thief of joy, right? Comparison yeah. is the thief of joy, negativity, all that. Yeah. But the, it's also figurative in that, you know, conversations have a sunset and a sunrise, right? Mm-hmm. The beginning of the conversation is the sunrise. The conversation is the sunset. When it ends is the sunset. So that's the approach I've, I've been taking for the last four or five years in conversations is even though you have to have a tough conversation, you don't finish that conversation uh, until everybody is back in agreement and yeah. back in harmony and back in one accord. Yeah, we have had some tough conversations, and and I think good ones. And you've made <laughs> yeah. me better because of it. And, and yeah, <laughs> we are. I think everybody is, and I think that's one of the big things that some people don't want to have. They don't want to have the tough conversations because it's un- one, it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and two, I think there's a, a underlining foundation of fear of the mm-hmm. unknown, and. Uh, us wanting to just uh, shrink back to what's comfortable, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a good that's a good lesson. You asked me a minute ago about you know how has faith driven my my business in this whole thing. To your point, fear. If you if you operate conversations, when you have to have a tough conversation, or you have to have a 
a tough come to Jesus meeting with someone or yourself. Cause at the end of the day, the first person, most important person you got to lead is yourself. Yeah. So if you have to have one of those tough conversations with yourself or anyone else, and, and you're, you're not wanting to have it out of fear of rejection or fear of, well, what are they going to think or fear of whatever, then you're not operating in faith. If you That's operate good. in faith, and you understand that, yes, you have to have a tough conversation, but you, again, you know who you are, you know whose you are. And if you have the faith enough that they are also a grown man or a grown woman, and they're, they're going to, however they receive it, that's on them. It's our job as, as a person of faith to step up and have the conversation, how they receive it, how they perceive it and respond. That's on them. Yeah. And if we operate in fear, we'll never have those conversations because we don't know how they're going to respond. But mm. if you have the faith that they are going to respond like a brother or like a sister, and that at the end of the conversation, you know that everyone's going to be better for it. The company is going to be stronger. Everything's going to be moving yeah. in the right direction. Then those tough conversations become a little bit easier. Yeah, that's good. So go out and have tough conversations. Don't be afraid of them. Yeah. Where do you see a stadium drop in the next five years? Where do you see it going? What's the vision globally. that you have globally? Okay. So what's the vision that you have? Like what's the, uh, let's, let's rephrase it a little bit. So you want to be global international in the next five years. What's the, like the one stadium that you're just like, you've had your eye on that you just, you just, that is the one that you want to be in. We're already in it. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say that. I was like, I think he's, it's I think this, I know what he's going to say. Right yeah. Yeah. And you can't even say what it is. Can you? No, not, no, not legally. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I, if, if, if this podcast is a visual one, I can, I can point <laughs> to you. That's so funny. As I was asking the question, I was thinking that, man, he's probably got another one, you know, because I knew we were in the one that you we've, you know, yeah. at, but I, I can I can tell you as a it, it's twofold. So everybody knows that knows me and knows me well. I'm a huge Aggie, right? So yeah. Kyle Field is it's it's the it's the golden goose right now for me. Like, okay. that's the one that I want from a collegiate standpoint. Okay. I think from a, an NFL standpoint, my next one that I really am just biting at the chomp to get to is Chiefs Kingdom and operate at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Okay. Um, I love the Chiefs. They're my, probably my second favorite team outside of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so I, I really want to be an Arrowhead. Now, from an international standpoint, um, I've really put a lot of thought into what would be the one international stadium or venue um, would be Wembley Stadium over in London. Okay. Is that tennis? Uh, I believe so, yes. <laughs> um, but it, it can pack over 100,000 people. <laughs> like, wow. For those of y'all that, that aren't familiar with sports on a global scale, like we think Americans – are fanatics and have money and spend a ton. Like you don't know anything until you get overseas and you're engulfed in Real Madrid soccer or Manchester United or Man yeah. City or some of those like 
high performing, high professional soccer teams, uh, or what we call football. Um, yeah, not American football, like legit football, soccer, (laughs) (laughs) uh, those, those fans over there are insane. Like they, they put American football to shame, uh, global, global football and soccer is it's, uh, it's something special. Yeah. What would you say to somebody that has a gut idea and they're wondering if they should go for it or not? Go for it. Just go for it. I mean, if you've got a God idea, um, and I I would say the the first thing you would need to do is surround yourself with people that believe in your idea and aren't afraid to, to get into action with you. Because again, you can have all the faith in the world, but you're never going to go anywhere until you put some legs to that faith and you've got to get into action. Yeah. Um, so the first thing you do is make phone calls, tell people about your idea, because once you vocalize it and once you put the words in the atmosphere, um, the atmosphere has a way of testing your faith. Right. And, and until you put your thoughts and your God ideas into verbalization, your faith can't get tested. Um, so do that. Secondly, I would research your state's uh, LLCs. Um, another one to search would be the state of Delaware. Delaware is a big state for filing LLCs and yeah. C-Corps and S-Corps and stuff like that. So check your state's LLCs, check Delaware, and see if there's a company out there that has a name that you want. And if not, then go file an LLC. That's the first place to start. That that's what we did. Uh, we had phone calls with our executive teams. Um, we dreamed for about two months and then yeah. we all put our money together. Uh, we hired an attorney so that we could get our LLCs filed correctly. Um, and we, we filed the LLC. And then from there, depending on what your idea is, um, research and study the industry and start making phone calls, pick up the phone and smile and dial. Like I used to say, <laughs> like I was taught in outside sales in my days selling fiber and cell phones, smile and dial baby. Yeah. I know you're a big reader and yep. tell us a little bit about the book you're reading right now and your biggest takeaways so far. Hmm. Gold Standard by Napoleon Hill. Um, it's a collection of all of his thoughts and um, quotes from different books that he's uh, written throughout his lifetime. Um, and what was it called? Uh, again? Gold Standard. Gold Standard. By Napoleon Hill. Okay. Yep. Napoleon Hill's greatest book is Outwitting the Devil. If you've never read Outwitting the Devil, that you got to read that one. It's basically Napoleon Hill having an interview with Satan himself. And wow. it's a phenomenal book. Uh, Napoleon Hill is a Christian um, and he uses Satan's uh, plots and, and schemes against him. And so this book's a lot of, a lot of that type of wisdom. And um, awesome. I would think like today's takeaway in my chapters I read today is the accurate thinker surrounds himself with a mastermind group that consists of at least four different types of talent and people. You have a spiritual advisor, you have a financial advisor, you have a health advisor, 
and you have a personal advisor. Wow. <clears throat> That's good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, go back a couple days ago. I had it'd probably be faster if I looked at my journal because a lot of times when I come across a really good thought or a really good point in a book, I grab my journal and I just write it down in here. So um, it says, do you recognize that the present circumstances of your life are the result of the use you have made of your time mm. in the past? This very second through its proper use you can change the entire course of your life. Wow. And then this one is second quote. This was from March 7th, which was Monday. Um, good decisions must be followed through with action. You can also say good thoughts must be followed through with action. For without action, good decisions, good thoughts become meaningless. For the desire itself can die through lack of an attempt to achieve its fulfillment. Wow. That's why you should act immediately upon good thoughts and good decisions. Man. That's so good. Yep. <clears throat> what is your definition of legacy? Um, if you're a father or a mom, mother, your legacy is in your children and grandchildren. What you deposit in them um, is your legacy from a, from a personal standpoint, your children will reach the bar that you try to attain yourself. Mm. So if you, if you get, if you get into action as a man or a woman and you have children to whatever bar that you achieve in your lifetime through natural course of the way that God designed our generational flow, the generations below you will try to achieve the highest bar that's been set before them. Wow. So if you live your life in a way to where your bar is set low, then that's, that's the bar or the lid that your children are going to try to hit. Mm. So the reason why I'm as intense as I am is because I have four kids that are going to try to hit the bar that I set when I leave this earth. Yeah. Wow. And I'm going to have grandchildren that are going to try to hit that bar. And I know that if I achieve everything that God put in me as potential to achieve, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, my children are going to do their best to catapult above that bar. <clears throat> and if they catapult above that bar, then my grandchildren will look to that bar and their children will look to that bar and that bar and that bar. Wow. And so for me, it's, Legacy is thinking generational. Yeah. You're never going to leave a legacy if all you think about is the here and the now. Mm. Yes, we need to live our life in the here and the now, but we also have to live our life for the future generations. And that is legacy. Wow, that's so good. Where can people find Stadium Drop? In the App Store, Android Store. <laughs> there you um, go. Yeah. And then stadiumdrop.com, which you built the website and did <laughs> a phenomenal job. Thanks. And if anyone out there needs any kind of graphics, web, any of those kinds of things, Joshua Curtis is the man. I <laughs> appreciate that. Is Stadium Drop hiring? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hiring runners, hiring staff. We are we are hiring. Where yes. is where is Stadium Drop currently looking to hire people? 
Uh, we're looking in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, we're looking in Birmingham, Alabama, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Norman, Oklahoma City, Stillwater, Tulsa, um, and then here in DFW. Uh, we've got a massive growth in DFW. We're uh, operating uh, for AT&T uh, in-seat delivery uh, powered by AT&T 5G. Uh, we operate uh, at the Star in Frisco. We operate at Toyota Stadium in Frisco. Wow. Uh, we just landed the Frisco Rough Riders, and we're going to be operating uh, for the Frisco Rough Riders here in Frisco, uh, which will operate at Comerica Center uh, when they have uh, big events at Comerica. Uh, so we we have all the venues in Frisco. <laughs> um, That's and awesome. Then we're about to enter some conversations with another big venue here in the DFW area that very I can't cool. say right now. Yep. Very, very cool. Awesome. Well, Adam, thank you so much for uh, joining me today on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, guys, if you have any interest in being part of Stadium Drop, uh, definitely reach out. You can go to stadiumdrop.com and go to jobs or go to runners. Um, and you can find out there if you just want to just contact Stadium Drop, you can use the contact form there. Um, man, so, so much wisdom in this podcast and uh, this episode. And I love that story. And even I heard some things I've never heard before. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, like I said, thank you so much for being a part. And I look forward to seeing where Stadium Drop goes from here. Absolutely. Me and you both. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share with a friend and be sure to subscribe on your favorite streaming app. You can find us at 414creative.com and on Instagram at 414creativestudios. Thank you for being here. It was an honor to spend this time with you. I hope you were inspired. Now go out and create your legacy.